Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 232. Now, I know I've been talking about mindset quite a lot these past few episodes, and you guys are probably like, bring back the bloody marketing tips already. But honestly, you won't find success with any marketing tips unless your mindset is in the right place. And today's podcast guest is about to really school you in your mindset. Lisa Cordiff helps extraordinary women get unstuck and create real and lasting change in their lives. She uses practical and powerful mindset strategies and a stack of inspiration to help you identify and break down the barriers that hold you back because the world needs more women owning their worth and power. Now, some of the things that we talk about in this episode include the mindset shifts that Lisa had to make to take her business to the next level, the biggest mindset struggles she sees business owners dealing with, as well as how they can overcome them, the stories that we tell ourselves that hold us back from success, and how to reframe these. This is such a big one. And then lastly, we also talk about the be, do, have model and how you can apply this model to your own business to become wildly successful in anything you do. And you can actually apply it not just to your business, but to any area of your life. Now, unfortunately, the second half of this recording went a little bit fuzzy and there's just absolutely no way that it can be fixed. So I'm really sorry for the unpleasant ringing noise in the second half of the recording, but honestly, I highly still recommend listening to the entire episode as it is just so jam-packed with value. And I remember the first time I saw Lisa present on stage, which was at Angela Henderson's retreat last year, and I, she just blew my mind. And she had some of the women in the room in tears with how amazingly empowering this content that she was sharing was. So make sure you listen to the entire episode and I'm going to stop talking now and stop wasting your time with my little preamble here. And we're going to jump straight into the episode. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Socialette. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. So Lisa, I'm familiar with you through obviously our mutual friend, Angela, and meeting you at Angela's retreat. But for our listeners who don't know you, would you mind sharing who you are and what you do? Yes. You know, it's so funny because I'm, I'm kind of getting used to a new elevator pitch because for years <laughs> I would have said, um, I'm, a, I'm a whole foods blogger. I'm a mum of three. Uh, I created a, a program called small steps to whole foods and, and my brand is small steps living. And, uh, because that's what I did. Uh, that's how I got started in business. Um, I had, I literally had three very tiny children, including a baby, when I launched um, my first online program with no idea what I was doing at all, just a real desire to help people um, feed their family more actual food instead of food from packets. 
So I was kind of like down on on sharing all of that. <laughs> it was very, you know, when you get practiced in knowing what it is that you do. But my my business has taken a, a really big pivot uh, in the last twelve months, and you know, while I'm still delivering uh, super helpful. Um, content via the Small Steps Living membership about food and, and simple living and, and mindset. I um I've recently started to like I guess what I what I realized while I was helping people with food was that it doesn't matter how simple I'm making um the meal plans the recipes doesn't mm. matter how often I talk like I can talk till I'm blue in the face about how you could literally just write out the five dinners that you're having midweek and your life and shop for that stuff on the weekend your life is change. <laughs> if people didn't actually believe that they were a person who could do that they just never would and so I did a lot of deep diving into uh our subconscious stories, like what is actually going on? What is the difference between a person who hears that, does something and, you know, changes their life? A person who hears that goes, that's good for everybody else. That would never work for me, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, sort of sabotages the attempt before it even happens. And then, you know, then there's the people who do our courses, (laughs) never even open an email and they say they want to do things, but they actually don't really. And oh yes, so many, <laughs> so many, so many. Um, and uh, so, and, and at the same time that I was kind of going, oh, am I really helping these people? I feel like there's more to this. I was also going through my own um, personal growth journey. Uh, you know, I had a husband who had you know, quite significant mental health issues. Uh, I was growing a, a business. That business ended up being um, what was supporting our family before I felt like I was particularly ready for that. He wasn't uh, well enough to work at that stage. And uh, and I, I kind of was getting so sick of myself. I was getting sick of kind of not being able to bust through a particular uh, a sort of revenue, what felt like a sort of a like a ceiling like and I knew that yeah. I was repeating these patterns of chaos and leaving things to the last minute and you know creating a launch and just recreating it the next time and not looking at the figures like you know just those things that you're yeah. like oh my God, I'm so over myself but I know I shouldn't be doing this but why am I still doing this and uh and so I started to learn a lot about um, you know the stories stories subconscious stories that are, are keeping us stuck mm. I started to learn about our brain how it works. And, and, uh, and so as I started to get into that, as I started to realize how much of an impact it was having on my life, who I was being day to day, and I started to see the outrageous business growth off the back of it, how my personal life completely changed, like everything has changed because I've changed who I'm being. And I've, I've looked at these stories and, and learned how to reprogram them. I then was like, okay, I don't think I can teach people how to roast chickens anymore. I got to talk to them about this stuff. And so that's a very long winded way of me saying that I now um, teach a program <laughs> called Ready for Change, which is four weeks and it teaches you, it helps you find these, these stories that are, are keeping you repeating patterns. And, um, you know, a lot of people who come in and do that program are, are feeling small in their lives. They're not uh, kind mm-hmm. of like this untapped potential that they can't quite access and, and they don't know what's going on. So it helps you find those stories and then reprogram them, like really start to change. So, you know, you, you kind of end up realizing that you've been 
making your whole life up and you can make a whole new life up. Uh, it's a really powerful thing for people and I'm totally obsessed with it. So, uh, and I think that there's so many people ready for this conversation now. They're ready for working themselves out on a, on a bit of a deeper level. Um, and so that's really exciting. And I also run, um, the Breakthrough Mastermind, which is for, uh, online business women here in Australia, which is, you know, just one of the funnest things. I think people, a lot of people have watched me grow a business amongst, mm-hmm. um, challenging, family situation and very young children. And I just used to get asked, like, can you just like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Why are you able to do this? And I feel like I've actually got more time than you, but I'm still stuck. So uh, I, I love supporting and coaching other women in the online business space because uh, the mastermind experience for me has been something that has been essential to my business growth. We'll go close to hitting it. Um, a million dollars this year in revenue, and wow! And I wouldn't be in that position uh, if it wasn't for for being a part of of masterminds, um, being amongst my people. You know, this is a lonely gig sometimes. Yeah. Like, we don't know what we're doing, so <laughs> we, we need our people. And um, and the the results for the participants in the in the mastermind kind of speak for themselves. They've all had um, an amazing breakthrough year, so. Whoa, that was a really, yeah. really wow. long-winded answer. I am sorry. I am not good at the short, sharp answers. Yeah. No, that was great. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. I love that. So I'd love to know, like knowing what you know now about business and about mindset, is there anything that you would do differently in your journey if you were to start your business from day one again? It's a really good question. Uh, and do you know what? Um, and I see this with my masterminders too, and it's something we talk about a lot, is you kind of can't skip steps. You yeah. Know, like you, you you, don't actually know what you don't know <laughs> um, until you're <laughs> – so true. Yeah. And, and I watch them and they're like, I should know this. How, how are you meant to know this? You can intellectually hear something, feel like you know something, but you don't really until you're in it. And, and business growth is like, it's like growing a child. You just, it's like new level, new devil. (laughs) You're like, totally got this nailed. I am doing it. And then you realize that actually here, then there's new challenges. Um, hiring people, you know, outsourcing is a really big Mm -hmm. one. Um, but I mean, in 20, what was it? I remember 2015. It was the first time I was away from my children and I went to the pro blogger event on the Gold Coast. Yeah. And uh, and I remember thinking, I was looking around and I was hearing these people and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to talk here next year. And so I <gasps> applied to talk at Pro Blogger in 2016 and and yeah. I got a spot and it was awesome. And my, my topic was still as relevant then as it is today, you know, when then when my business was maybe earning quarter of a million dollars a year, uh, I I spoke about the importance of taking imperfect action. And mm. and it's something that I come back to time and time and time again. It still doesn't it doesn't matter how big your following is, how how much revenue you're making, if you're not giving yourself permission at every stage of business to take action 
before it feels like it's really done, before it feels like you've got it perfect. Because, I mean, perfection is just this illusion that we make up in our heads. It doesn't actually exist. Like what could you actually describe as like, oh, this is this is perfect now. This is exactly the way I wanted it to be. I mean, we're creators. <laughs> so there's always something more. Yeah. And and I think because I was I was working in nap time, like literally, yeah. I I, I had, you know, an hour and a half. <laughs> I would just pump stuff out because it was more important to me to be in momentum than it was to necessarily get things right or have them perfect. Yeah. And I think it's a really, it's, it's the thing that's, that's meant my business has been able to move forward. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a part of me that's like, could have waited, could have just put a little bit more mm-hmm. thought into that one. <laughs> um, didn't <laughs> to keep pumping out new things all the time, could have just focused on one thing and done that really well. But that was never going to be the way that I grew my business. It's taken me five years to kind of, find the thing that I really feel is is the thing that I want to talk about now for a long time. Uh, but I yeah. needed to I needed to learn. Like we need to get our feet wet. We need to like really we need to jump right in. And um and so there's nothing I would do differently. I outsourced very early. So I didn't make much income personally from my business, even although it was making a lot of revenue. It was more important for me to enjoy what I was doing. To I had a long-term vision. I, I believed that this was yeah. going to be a thing and I showed up for that. So I got help because I didn't feel like I was being the kind of mum I wanted to be by, you know, like just working till two o'clock in the morning every night or you know, <laughs> I had to be honest with myself and think, okay, I I know I need help. I invested in good branding from from the start. Uh and so important. I really feel like, you know, we can DIY ourselves to a certain point and then we mm. just have to kind of put a business hat on. And I always use the example yeah. of, you know, people don't you don't open a cafe and expect yourself to be uh, taking the orders, making the food, making the coffee, <laughs> the tables, yeah. being responsible for interior design and setting things up. And well, similarly to that, you don't open to an empty space. You have to put some skin in the game. You have to buy chairs and tables, mm. a good coffee machine, and and you know you have to have line up some suppliers to deliver things to you business and online business i i love the people who and we all kind of bootstrap it in the beginning and that's fair enough like don't go yeah. into a huge amount of debt but they you know earn your revenue in order to reinvest in the business because as long as the business is growing like the revenue the revenue comes. And I think people have this expectation that all the money that they earn online should go straight into their pocket. And for some people, it does. For some people who work one-on-one and have, you know, don't invest in Facebook ads or all these bits and pieces, that's yeah. that's awesome. Um, but most of us have to get some skin in the game. And it's unrealistic to think that you're not going to, you're going to be able to get through this without spending any money or resourcing the business. A business needs things. And that's something that 
I ask myself all the time. It's not about what Lisa needs. It's about what the business needs. And I like that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's even in terms of me, like what does the business need from me right now? It doesn't need me to be Mm. Canva. Like, you know, next year my, my daughter, my youngest will start school. And so, uh, I've just had, I mean, her three kinder days of, you know, six hours a day to work on my business. Yeah. Uh, so next year I'll have like five days a week, but I actually think, wow. that, I, don't, I, don't even know. I don't even know what to do with myself. Um, but, uh, but the thing is, is that I, I don't necessarily want to use up all that time doing unnecessary things, repeatable tasks mm. that other people could do in my business. That would be a big step back for me. I think, you know, yeah. we have to get cool. I remember one of the first things, the toughest thing I outsourced, and I probably held on to this for too long, so this would be something that I'd do differently, is managing my inbox. Um, it felt yeah. really important for me to be communicating with my customers, like with the people who were buying my programs. I wanted them to know it was me. Authenticity was really important to me. They'll know if it's not me. Uh, mm. You know, they're expecting it to be me. I had a lot of stuff about that. Uh, and then I outsourced it and my whole life changed. I was like, why did I take that long? I don't, I don't know why. Uh, and you know, so I think letting go and just being able to let other people in, let their genius shine inside your business is probably something that, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of, you know, well, it takes letting go of, you know, we start our businesses and we are everything to that business, but for it to grow, we need to let go and stop gripping that wheel. So (laughs) probably could have done that a little bit better and a little bit earlier, but, um, Oh, I think we all could. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, uh, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. I hold tight. I'm a control freak. I've like, you know, and that's, and I know, I know that's a story that I tell myself and we'll get to that shortly, but I know exactly what that feeling's like where you're like, oh, nobody else can do this. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it is probably in somebody else's zone of genius more than it is in mine. Right. And, and what does the business need from you as a CEO? Exactly. As someone who has the vision for the business, as someone who is the face of the business or what does it, do you need to be? Formatting your emails? Like, really? No, no, control is control is one hundred percent like perfection is an illusion. Control is an illusion. There is no control. What do you really Mm. think that you have control over? And you know, most things like I make mistakes. Allowing other people into your business and even allowing their mistakes, it's a beautiful thing for you and for them because it shows that like one little broken link in an email or something is not the end of the world. Oh my God. Stop, stop gripping so tightly. Like mistakes happen. Other people's mistakes happen and they learn lessons and move on. And one thing that I've definitely noticed when it comes to outsourcing is that the right people in your business will be, they will, they will care so much about the quality of their work that, and they will Mm. bring all of their energy and attention to doing a, a really good job. Uh, that that is so much more valuable for the business than me running around like a freak show trying to get things done at the last minute trying to dot all the i's and cross all the t's because you know i mean 
more mistakes happen that way. Yeah, for sure. Well, that actually segues beautifully into my next question, which was, what are some of the biggest mindset struggles or mistakes that you see a lot of business owners dealing with and making? Oh, this is so big. Um, (laughs) uh, This is like, this is really, once again, a really good question. And uh, yeah, in so many different directions. But I think there's... I think we'll stick with the top three, maybe the top three, the top three. Okay. So I would definitely <laughs> say that, uh, fear of judgment is keeping a lot of business owners trapped. So, you know, most of us are pretty frightened of putting ourselves out there. It's not a natural thing. Yeah. Unless you are a child of the YouTube generation and they all want YouTube channels like my children. And um, <laughs> they're like, give me the camera. This is how you selfie at, you know, seven years old. Most of us don't come to this gig going, I feel 100% totally confident in everything I do. And I love my face being seen. And I love the sound of my voice. And so, and also like, who, like, she's doing this so much better than me. And who am I to actually put myself out there? I don't know enough, blah, 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 blah head chatter. Yeah. And it's all fear of people judging us. We we don't want to be judged negatively. The like and this is where, you know, outsourcing your inbox is a good thing when you see unsubscribes to emails that you've spent so long putting together and you think are really helpful and people are like, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> don't do that. Why? What's wrong with me? Uh I don't want to see that stuff. It lowers my vibe. And the fact of the matter is, like when it comes to this fear of judgment, If you can't accept that people are always judging, humans are judgment machines. Like we're all looking. People are judging what I'm saying right now. They're either going, this woman's full. I don't know if you can swear on your podcast. Um, but no, (laughs) we keep it clean. Full of junk. Uh, or someone's like, wow, she's saying something I really needed to hear this today. I'm going to write to Steph and tell her great. Like, I'm so glad that you invited her on to talk. But other people are switching off because they're like, oh, the sound of her voice is so irritating or I've heard all this before or whatever. But at the end of the day, we as people who want to help people, because most people who start their own businesses are just genuinely out there to help people, we have to do two things. We have to get Mm. over ourselves. We have to recognize that it's not about (laughs) us. It's actually about the people we want to help. So it doesn't matter what your hair looks like. It doesn't matter if the lighting is right or wrong on a selfie. It doesn't matter uh, if, you know, the kids are in the background or, um, you know, whatever. Just get over yourself. No one cares how you look or how you sound. They just want your special light, your special gift in the world. And, uh, And secondly, you know, we just have to accept that, People will judge. They're always going to. They're judging you for taking action, for not taking action, for all the things. But are we going <laughs> to let that stop us? Are we going to let that stop us helping the people who want our help, the people who need to hear our message? That's what we should be focused on. And and we can let the few little comments or the, you know, people just people don't, literally don't post on social media because they're frightened that they're going to get trolls. It's like, so you get a troll, so you delete them and you ban them. What? What does that say? It's yeah, not. It's so not what? Exactly. You. Like, if there's a troll, they've got their own staff. 
if they've got time to troll people on social media, <laughs> don't think they're worth your time and worry. It's probably more important to focus on how you can help people. So I would say moving out, like that fear of judgment, really recognizing it for what it is. It's just trying to keep you small and safe and unseen. And you cannot grow a business these days without being visible. So it's something that people really need to work on. I think also here in Australia, if your audience is mostly Australian, I'm not too sure, but there's a definite fear, uh, there's definite mindset challenges around selling. Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. I think most of us would just like to help people and not never have to ask them for money. And we go and we do all these crazy things like price our our stuff really, really low, like outrageously low because we just want to help people. We want to make it accessible. And yet we're running a business that's making no profit. We're not recognizing that a business needs products that are priced in a way that actually support its growth and investing in the business, investing in our learning, investing in good systems and uh, and a team often. And so we're just like, we, we would prefer, because we're so frightened of actually charging what this thing is worth or charging at a level that allows our business to grow, that people go out of business. They actually can't make it work because they're not charging enough. And, and that's a real shame. So when we, when we go to sell, and you know, this is something that I remember my first webinars, I would just kind of go and, you know, just value, 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 value. Anyway, and you can also buy this, um, thing if you want, like you don't have to, but it's there. And, um, (laughs) it was such a horrible thing. Like none of us want to be like the tall poppy thing. Um, you know, the like being successful, uh, even just being seen to have money or charge something is like, it's taboo here. And we've got to fight through that. We've really got to bust through and change the, the mindset around that. And one way that I've done that is I think about myself and I think about all of the free opt-ins. All of the times I've been offered to do a course for free or got it at a massive discount. And I just, I don't pay attention. I literally don't open things. I don't action them because there's no investment. There's no money in the, like, no skin in the game. Yeah. And every time I pull out my credit card and make an investment, and the higher the investment, the more commitment from me to actually show up, do the work, get get the transformation, get the learning. And I just think, well, if that's the case for me, it's probably the case with other people as well. And if we don't, like, so charging them is actually a gift to them because we know that they need our help because why else would they be following us? And um, and so saying to them, there is an opportunity here. It costs this amount of money, and uh, and you know it starts here. You know, if you're a course creator or you have a membership or something like that, it's actually a gift to them to get off out of their patterns, out of their stuckness, out of their indecision, put some skin in the game, and get the result. 
So, you know, um, I, I was in James Wedmore's mastermind for a few years and he always used to say the uh, transformation is in the transaction. Yeah. And it's so true if you think about it. And yes. And uh, so I now think, you know, when it's it comes so true. for me to sell, I really stand proud. I stand, um, I'm really aligned to, to my products. I know that they offer value and transformation for people. And I'm not afraid to say this is how much it costs. If this is, this is the price of, of what I do. Because here's the thing. Most of us are doing pretty amazing work for people that can actually change the course of their life in some way. And yet we're like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'll give you a discount. Half price, half price, (laughs) half price. Let's just, you know, oh, my gosh, should I charge this or this or this? And it's all way lower. I think about the transformation uh, and I think about what it would mean for someone to get that change in their lives and it makes it easy to put a price on it because and and also and I want to attract people into my programs who do show up who do yeah. take action who are invested in themselves and their growth but it's definitely something you know that that getting easy with asking for money and standing tr- like in the value of the work and the you know what you provide for people that's a that's a tricky one for so many of us. Oh, it's definitely something I've struggled with a lot, and yeah, I really, I, I really resonate with the whole the saying like when you're doing a webinar, doing value, 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 and then it's almost like it's the voice changes. <laughs> it's like, oh, and I just want to tell you like about this thing that I've got, and I'll just quickly go through it. And it's so interesting because so yeah. I did um, business by design th- by James Wedmore, and I just did my first yeah. webinar since completing business by design. And I noticed that that mindset shift of the transformation is in the transaction. I noticed that actually played out in that I wasn't afraid to tell people about how what Mm. I was selling them was actually going to benefit them. And it wasn't this, it didn't become this rushed thing because I knew like I was confident I'd given them so much value in the webinar that then asking for the sale was, you know, that was me helping them to take that next step. So I love, yeah. I love that you were talking about that. And I think there are so many limiting beliefs and stories that we tell ourselves around selling. What do you think some of those common ones are? I think that that, um, people don't recognize the – so I'll use a personal example. When I was, uh, when I was creating Small Steps to Whole Foods, I had this Whole Foods blog. It was the same time as I Quit Sugar was really, really popular. Uh, and there was a few oh, really yeah. key, uh, courses out there. There were, there were people like Lola Berry, she was out there and I'm just like, I seriously, I used to tell people all the yeah. time, I have no qualifications. I am not a naturopath, a dietitian. I am just a mom who's trying to, you know, feed her family <laughs> whole foods and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and what, like, I just kept thinking, I have nothing to offer. Why would these people buy from me when they could go and buy from her? And what I've realized in the time that I've been helping, I mean, thousands of women went through my programs, was that the way that I was saying it was the way that some people needed to hear it. 
you know, this was not a prescriptive program where I'm like, follow this, do that, this is the answer, blah, 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 blah. And uh, and some people needed the small steps approach, yeah. my particular take on this. So who am I to sit back and go, oh, I've got, I'm really busy with three young kids. When there's people out there who were like, we basically just changed how my family eats. I'll never think about food in the same way again. And and if I had just stayed stuck in that, I mean, I can't charge yeah. money for this because I don't know enough. Or they could just go there and there and there. These people wouldn't have had the opportunity to change. <laughs> and and I needed, like I did a, uh, the first launch I had, I, I mean, it was pretty, I, I mean, this was back in the day of, I didn't even, I didn't have any Facebook ads. I'd run a 21-day Whole Foods challenge and, um, uh, and then, and we had, you know, about 500 people join that. And then, you know, well over 500 people joined the first program, the first running of small steps to whole foods. They put money on the table, even though they'd basically just gone through the exact thing over 21 yeah. days because they weren't buying the information. They were buying their own transformation. They were buying more access to me. They were buying their own result. They were on a path. Mm. I'd started that path for them. We'd been in conversation. I'd been showing up on socials for, you know, a few years. They knew it wasn't about me. It was about them. (laughs) And they're like, yes, I'll give you money because, yes, I can see that this is possible for me. And that's how we should be treating all of our free content and all of the conversation that we're having with people is like let's start this conversation let me show you what's possible for you and here's an opportunity for you to get that transformation you got to put some money on the table because this is real and I'm good at what I do and that person will never be the same so like we we just have to change the dialogue that we're having in our in our heads. I think a lot of people struggle with worthiness. People think that there's another course they can do that will make something better. They think that they need to get another qualification before they're able to teach or, or, you know, yeah. or serve, or they think, you know, even people in the service game, like I, I couldn't possibly put myself out there as a VA or as this or that because I don't know everything yet. Yeah, but like, when does anyone ever know? everything (laughs) we actually just don't and this space is so dynamic things are changing all the time you just have to give yourself the chance to put a price on what you do and how you help people and then share it with confidence yeah so okay so lisa Lisa, so if somebody's now thinking these, or they've got these feelings of, I don't know enough, or who am I to be teaching this? How can somebody start to identify that what they're saying or what they're thinking is a limiting belief? Okay. So when we, um, we're telling ourselves, like we're chatting to ourselves all day long in our head. Uh, <laughs> we've just got, we've got this constant, constant thoughts. And what happens is like, what people need to get really good at, and this is what I teach in Ready for Change, is knowing the difference between like when you're telling yourself a story or when something is really true. And you need to start thinking of yourself as a, a story spotter in your own lives. So say something like um, uh, people are saying to themselves, 
I could never raise my prices. I could never raise my prices. No one, no one would pay more. Um, my, my, my community are on a budget or, you know, I serve startups or something like that. If people are thinking that they, uh, you know, couldn't possibly raise their prices, what you need to do is just say to yourself, like, well, is that true? Is that really true? Like, how, how can I work out if that's a story or a truth? And you look for examples of like, well, would it be true all the time? Like, do I see examples of other people doing what I do and, and charging higher prices? Do I really know for sure that people can't afford this? Or is that just an assumption that I'm making about them? So you kind of delve into the the story. Like, you delve into it and you really try to get clear. If you can find an example of where this is not true 100% of the time, then it's basically a story that you've made up in your head. And you might have that, um, you might have that story because someone has once said something yeah. to you like, I could never afford what you do or these prices aren't, um, oh, like, I, I, I'm just not at the stage where I could afford you or I can find this cheaper elsewhere. And then we hear that and we internalize it and we make it our truth. Yeah. And then we just live out that truth day after day after day after day instead of recognizing, actually, it, this isn't true. This is a story. And then I then if you find it's a story because it's not 100% true all the time, you can find an example of where this might not be true in the world, then then you call BS. You're like, nope, I'm telling myself a fair fee here. This isn't true. And then you choose yeah. a new story that actually serves your growth and and it serves your business and it serves the people you're trying to help. So you your new story might be, uh, you know, I, I raise my prices because I do a good job. My perfect clients are out there and can afford me. You know, I really don't yeah. think that we, we do ourselves any favors by repeating oh, these, God. these things that just keep us stuck. I mean, it's genuinely the, all of the work that I do is about trying to get people out of this mindset because Here's the thing about these subconscious beliefs and stories is that, you know, the whole I could never raise my prices is it's 100% made up. It's just, it's made up. So you've made up a story and you've taken that as your truth and you're living it out. So why not make up a new story and live that one out? I mean, it blew my mind when I started to realize that your pricing yeah. positions you in the marketplace. And if you're constantly undervaluing what you do and undercharging for what you do, you're basically choosing to serve the people who think they can't afford you or, you know, aren't ready to invest in themselves or whatever. Now, do you want to work with those people? Does that light you up? Or would raising your prices attract a whole new clientele who are really dynamic, really fun to work with and really invested in their results? I can tell you for sure that like, that is a fun place to work. I can remember when I um, when I launched the the small. I mean, yeah. I, the small steps membership was uh, it started off at twenty and then became twenty seven dollars a month and then it's thirty three dollars a month. And I would sit on email having conversations with people about this thirty three dollar investment. And. And they would be like, how much access do I get to you? And, um, you know, will this really work? And I don't want to just be a number and blah, 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 blah. 
<gasps> and I was like, and so I would spend all this time, you know, chatting back to people like yeah. about $33. And it was a real light bulb moment for me because I thought, you know what? I don't want to have to convince people. I don't want to be in the convincing game. I want them to back themselves to, enough to jump in. That's who I want to work with. And I recognized that how I was pricing that membership was attracting a certain type of, of customer. And it just ended up being a, such a big moment for me to go, you know what? Imagine I could put something together. I could charge a, a price that felt really good for me and reflected the value that people going to get out of it and I and I wasn't the person you know the the bargain basement or the you know whatever I just I I think I'd like to work with people you know who are yeah just at a different stage or a different level than that and and it really excited me and uh and that's what I've ended up doing and and the business is mm. flowing so differently because I changed my story about what I could and couldn't charge people, like that I, you know, that I couldn't raise my prices, that my people were on budgets. Yes, my people are on, on budgets, but yeah. they're also, you know, able to spend money on holidays. I can, I can remember one time in the membership when we were encouraging everyone to show photos. People were sharing photos of their clean kitchen bench and it was like, oh my God, it's clean. And everyone was kind of going on a clearing spree. And I was looking at these kitchens going, they're really fancy kitchens. That, that kitchen is so much fancier than mine. And here I am worried about whether I'm charging too much at $27. Do you know what I mean? Like we make this stuff up. And, and so we can make up new stuff and we can stand, you know, solid in that. Does that help? Yes, so much. Oh my goodness. You've just dived so deep into limiting beliefs. I'm so glad that you did that. Thank you so much. Well, it's, I mean, uh, pretty much everything we're telling ourselves is a story. Yeah. And when you really start to wake up to that and you start to know that you can also reprogram it, anything becomes possible because basically the only thing holding you back is you. Oh, and it, the expectations feels you have of yourself. Well, when I, you know, and this is probably the other thing that, you know, I remember you asked me for three things before and I think I only said two. When I started to take full-blown responsibility mm. for everything that my business was or wasn't, like it was all on me, there was kind of nowhere to hide anymore. Yeah. So, you know, when you can just be like, oh, my gosh, that went really well, yay, me. But, you know, it's only really because I had a ninja working on Facebook ads or it's only because, yeah. you know, I hadn't launched for a while so everyone was just ready and we can kind of outsource our success and we do the same thing with our failures. Well, that would have been better if it wasn't Mercury retrograde <laughs> or um, that could have been better if, uh, you know, um, that sales page, like that glitch didn't happen with active yeah. campaign or, you know, whatever it is, we outsource the failures as well. We don't make them about us and we don't make our success about us. I think in Australia, we're not particularly good at that. Uh, and, um, cause no one wants to be a show off. Right? <laughs> so 
so what happens is we're kind of never really owning our stuff. We're never really owning that this is all actually on us. And it doesn't matter if it's a team member's uh, mistake. It doesn't matter if it's a tech glitch. When you start to sit in the space of being responsible for absolutely everything that your business is or isn't, you have nowhere to go but to look in to the reasons why, why you're not getting the growth that you want. And and it led me on this. That's exactly what led me on the path of, you know, thinking I'm the only silver bullet. There's no course. There's no mentor. There's no whatever. Like All that stuff is only so as good as the stories that I'm telling myself about what's possible for me. Do I really believe this is possible? What stories am I telling myself about why it's not? You know, why do I keep hiding and, and not showing up and doing the things that I need to do? Because no one else is going to drive this forward but you. So get out of your way. Like start reprogramming those stories and and everything suddenly opens up for you. I live in a, a space where if I'm being 100% responsible, um, for for everything that is and isn't in my life, including you know my business, then I know that that anything is possible. I literally believe anything is possible such a great when I'm sitting in that space of I love it ownership. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I mean it's available to everyone. <laughs> it's not just me, but it did. It, like I I can remember it really. Um, yeah, I remember when I was in James's mastermind and, um, you know, it was a really, it was a tough time yeah. that I was, I was going through, well, you know, tough story. It was a yes. expansive time. And I said to him, you know, I, I, um, my husband had, was, had gotten quite sick. We moved from Brisbane back down to Melbourne. I had to find a new, school, kinder and daycare for my three children. I had to find a place to live. I was doing all this while running a business and uh, and feeling completely shattered about what had happened um, to my husband, like where we were kind of at. I was, and I just kept pushing oh forward, goodness. pushing forward, pushing forward. And I got shingles uh, a few months after we got into the house and got everyone settled. And it was my body's way of saying like, F you, Lisa, this is not okay. And I remember saying to James, like, I just, I know that my business is a reflection of me and I feel like poop and this is really hard right now. And he said, Lisa, you know, you, you're, you're not being 100% responsible for yourself. You're not being responsible for yourself. <laughs> And I was like, get stuffed. You don't know what responsible is. You don't have children. You don't have a sick partner. You're not trying to run a business. You've got all the money in the world to get all the help you need. Victim, 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 victim. Victim story. Like This is all the reasons why my life is harder than everyone else and this is all the reasons why I can't look after myself and I am going to be the bottom of the pile and this was a this was just something that was always going to happen because my life is hard, blah, blah. He said it to yeah. me. I got quite triggered, obviously, and then I sat with it and I realised, you know what? Yeah, 
no one else is responsible for taking care of me and making this okay for me right now. Yes, I have all this stuff going on. Yes, it's a particularly intense time of my life. But, I mean, what are you waiting for, Lisa? Some Someone to walk in and go, hey, I've got this. I'll live your life for you and make it all better. No, it was on me. It was on me to find ways to create the business, you know, to grow the business in a way that allowed space for these ups and downs. It um, it was up to me to fuel my body with good food, to get enough rest, to ask for help. It wasn't on anyone else. And so when I really sank into that and recognized how much <laughs> that victim story was playing in my life and and my business, then, you know, every, like really yeah. things really started. Wow, Lisa, we are rapidly running out of time here. I had so many questions I wanted to ask you, but we might have to record a part two next year <laughs> in 2020. Um, okay, so I have a couple of questions that I ask every podcast guest at the end of the episode. And the first one, you kind of did already touch on this, but maybe we'll get some more insight here. What advice would you give to your pre-business self? Um, I was stuck in procrastination for about 18 months about what to do. Um, in my business, like I, and uh, I would probably say I would have encouraged myself to move out of that faster. So just yeah. take some form of action, like jump in. Yeah, I love that. Next one is what has been your biggest oops moment? Um, <laughs> well, I can tell you a very funny one, and that was uh, I was on Facebook Live. I was teaching people how to roast a chicken as part of my dinner hacks um, pre-launch training series. Yep. And uh, and I was showing them how to make gravy from the pan juices. And so this was fully live uh, and I was just, you know, I had the pan juices, added my water, added a dash of tamari and the corn flour and just stirring, stirring, stirring over, over heat and it just wasn't thickening. And I was like, oh. this is really embarrassing like I don't know what's going on here I just was trying to pat it out because you know I was just waiting for this thing to think it I added more corn flour in and then I'm like you guys um I'm just gonna finish this off and then come back and show you the results and then I had this moment where I went hang on a minute and I dipped my little finger into the corn flour tasted it and realized it was icing sugar I've been trying to make gravy with icing sugar and I swear to you it was it was the biggest whoops moment but it was also the funniest moment that was the that actually led to our best uh, membership launch ever because it totally humanized me it made me the same as everybody else people love mess ups they love seeing you uh get red faced or like i mean we're just so afraid of being human and in fact that's what everybody jams with and um <laughs> and so yeah that was a bit of a whoops but um <laughs> and people still talk about it to this day it's actually really that's funny. so great <laughs> what has been your biggest growth moment um i think it was the responsibility moment uh when i yeah. when i realized that uh, for this business to be successful, I needed to get out of victimhood 
and start taking full responsibility for my health and my happiness, no matter what was going on around me. Yeah, that's so, that's such a big one. And it's definitely something that I've also started to notice. I'm like, okay, where am I, where am I not taking full responsibility here? How can I step out of that victim mentality? I love it. And okay, last question, Lisa, what or who inspires you? Ah, wow. Um, my masterminders, the, the women in the breakthrough mastermind inspire me a lot. I get a lot of energy from them and them taking risks and stepping outside their comfort zone. When you are part of a collective of people who are doing that, mm. it it's infectious. You can't help but rise alongside them. So I would say them. I would also say my children inspire me. We've had a really rocky year. They lost um, their dad a few months ago. He passed away and watching them and navigate this new journey uh, and the way that they, I don't know, like just how resilient humans are and how powerful it is, you know, when we do choose stories <laughs> and, you know, I'm helping them choose the story and create the story of, of their dad's yeah. passing. Um, I mean, they just keep getting up and going and doing it. And I think as adults, we think that we have to stay stuck in a certain emotional state for a really long time. And, and the truth is that, that we don't, we can like joy and grief yeah. can coexist and life can still be good, even although hard things happen. Oh, that's so powerful. Okay, Lisa, you've shared so much information with our listeners today. And for anyone who's wanting to find out more about you, where can they do that? You can follow me on socials. Um, it's just my name, Lisa Cordoff, on Insta and Facebook. And I, and you can head to lisacordoff.com. So, uh, I think there's a, a wait list there for the next round of, of Ready for Change. We, we run that live and we'll be running that live again in 2020. So I'm um, looking forward to helping your people bust through the stories that are keeping them stuck. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.